Hey, David. Hey, Kevin. You know what I really like in a webcomic? Nudity. Yes, but you know what else I like about webcomics? Evil. Yes, I love comics about evil people, especially when it's a bunch of the baddest of the bad competing to see who's the most evil one in the universe. Ooh, that sounds like a lot of fun. What comic is this? That would be Villainverse, the most fast-paced, mass-destructing space opera ever created. All of the worst villains in the entire universe compete to see who's the baddest of the bad. Meanwhile, the number one most evilest villain plans the worst scheme this universe has ever seen. And you know what else? What else? It's free to read. That's the perfect price. I know, isn't it though? You can find it at villainverse.carrd.co. That's villainverse.card with two r's.co. And it's available to read on various platforms like Tumblr, Metabang, and there is actually a Discord for it. How awesome is that? That is super cool. Yeah. So go check it out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Supernatural Selection. I'm your host, Kevin the Bastard. With me this week are Mike the Skeptic. Mike, how you doing? Um, good, I guess. <laughs> Shit, okay, close enough. And Mr. David Davis. David, how you doing? I'm doing okay. Spent the day grading, and boy, is my brain tired. Oh, I bet. Well, uh, I have just been uh, assaulting myself with uh, Star Trek Picard, which is fucking terrible. Oh, no. Yep. Nope. Sucks. Sucks big old donkey balls. Oh. Hee-haw. Hee-haw. So... No, it'd be more like hee-haw. Oh. Hee-haw. So, uh, we have got a new topic this week, and David, you're in the driver's seat, so why don't you tell us about it? Yes, today we are going to be talking about Dancing Mania, a.k.a. Boogie Fever. Also known as Rocky Pneumonia, Boogie Boogie Flu, and Michael Jackson's disease. <laughs> so yeah, today I kind of want to talk about some historical outbreaks of what we have come to call Dancing Mania. Uh, there are a bunch of other terms which we'll go through, um, but I'm very proud of myself because I was able to get this episode written out in under 20 pages. So. I'm, I'm excited about that. Because... <laughs> I don't know. I tend to have a tendency to over-research on things. That's okay. Mike, what do you know about Dancing Mania? Um, isn't that what the, the terminal disease the Bee Gees had? Um, <laughs> it was actually Saturday Night Fever. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought that was just Disco Fever. That too. Well, you see, Disco Fever is a variation on Saturday oh. Night Fever. Mm, okay. So, but are, I think, they all, I think, are they all substrains of uh, dancing Mania? <laughs> totally could be. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But basically, I think that kind of previews our approach to the topic for the night. Um, a Which lot of is, really uh, bad jokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Wait, that that's just tonight? So what were all the other episodes? <laughs> a gas leak. It, a gas leak. <laughs> look, 
just because I had Taco Bell before we did some of these shows, that doesn't mean, oh, never mind. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. This is a topic that I've been wanting to do since, uh, like, Kevin started having me on regularly. Um, and I, you know, I, I did my research on this. I pulled up, uh, you know, I, I work for a college, so I have access to academic databases, which is always wonderful. Oh, you lucky duck. Yeah, so, uh, well, and then, you know, you can always ask me to find stuff for you. That's true. Yeah, because I have no problems downloading a PDF and redistributing it from an uh, academic database, even though you're not supposed to. I yeah. do it anyway. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I've, I've got three primary sources this week. Um, so the first one is The Dancing Plague, a public health conundrum published in 1997 in the journal Public Health. I, you know, I gotta give a lot of respect to anything that actually uses conundrum in the title. Yeah, especially spending uh, spelling it right because I usually end up putting like two u, uh, like two u's in one spot on that word. Oh yeah, no, it, and and I know how to spell conundrum. I just don't know how to stop spelling it. Like, I, yeah, I can't stop. Conundrum, Yeah. Um. So we have the second article, which is Divine Punishment or Disease, Medieval and Early Modern Approaches to the 1518 Strasbourg Dancing Plague, published in 2017 in the Journal of the Society for Dance Research, which I found super interesting. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that, that's the beauty of these academic databases, man. They're lit. Um, <laughs> it, wait, is then, it lit with lit? Yeah, yeah, getting lit with lit. Well, and I also have a, a sciences paper here because this one is the usage of ergot, claviceps purpurea, featured uh, something in obstetrics and gyne uh, gynecology, a historical perspective, published in the journal Toxins in 2021. Can so I, yeah, a, a, gyne uh, a gynecological, I keep saying gynecological, I'm an idiot. It's uh, <laughs> gynecological. Uh, you know, article uh, in a journal about toxins. So, you know, that's cool. I love these, like, specialty journals. Yeah. yeah the toxin is definitely a very specialist journal. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like... See, I, I've heard the culture of the editors is actually a little uh, problematic. The culture. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, I, I also have a number of secondary sources, and I'll kind of call those out as I use them. So, like, I, you know, I did my research on this one. I'm pretty happy with the results. So I say we just kind of dive into it. Let's do it. Okay. So, we, you know, we got a lot of those jokes um, out of the way. But, like, I want to know, what do you guys know about Dancing Mania? Uh, a lot of people always say it was like, uh, what's it called? Mass hysteria. But I mean, it's like large groups of people dancing uncontrollably until they either passed out or died, right? Yeah. Um, and was this something that was widespread or was it kind of like a very isolated thing, you think? Well, here's the thing. From every, I never really heard about it being really widespread. Did you, Mike? I mean... I mean, I knew about the Strasbourg thing. I really don't know much about the subject other than it was a thing that was reported at some point. Couldn't even tell you when. So, yeah, what we're going to find is actually this has been a thing that it, that had gone on for a period of, uh, oh, I'd say maybe three, four hundred years. Holy crap. Um, and yeah, so there's been multiple outbreaks of boogie fever here. Um, <laughs> so in 
So, so dancing mania is derived from the term choreomania, which not only sounds like a community college dance recital, but <laughs> it, it, it's derived from the Greek terms choros, meaning dance, and mania being obvious. You know, well, you know, you know what I mean. Like mania, right, like right, your mania, right. you know what that is. Yeah. Um, other terms that you might have heard for the dancing plague, uh, or for, for dancing mania is the dancing plague, which was coined by Swiss philosopher Parcella, uh, Paracelsus. No, Paracelsus. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to butcher a lot of the names in here. So, um, there's a, a Swiss <laughs> philosopher named Paracelsus who came up with the dancing plague. You also have St. John's dance, Tarantism, St. Vitus's dance. Uh, so there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and then, of course, you know, again, Boogie Fever, because I can't get over that joke. I love it. And that, of course, like Mike said, came back in the 70s, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, uh, one thing. Uh, I saw you had Tarantism in here, and I didn't understand that until I looked through the outline, and this is going to blow everybody's mind. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be some fun reveals, because what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of overview... Mm-hmm these these outbreaks and then we're going to talk about like the different causes and we're going to have some theories about that so uh mike i want you to really think about what you think happened here okay okay it's gonna it's gonna be on you buddy you gotta you gotta solve this for us (laughs) yeah man i'm on the case he's on the case all right so uh get the stepping all right so so, um starting in the 17th century what was known at that time as saint vitus's dance would be diagnosed as Sydenham Coria, and later epidemic Coria. Coria is a disease of the nervous system. H- have you ever heard of that disease before? I have not. Have you, Mike? So no. All right. So from movementdisorders.org. That's a hell of a URL. <laughs> right. Um, Coria is an abnormal involuntary movement derived from the Greek word dance. It is characterized by brief, abrupt, irregular, unpredictable, non-stereotyped movements. In milder cases, chorea may uh, chorea may appear purposeful. The patient often appears fidgety and clumsy. Overall, chorea uh, chorea can affect various body parts and interfere with speech, swallowing, posture, and gait, and disappears in sleep. Yeah, you gotta watch yourself talking there. You can't say it's chorea. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's um, terrible. Yeah. Now, so you know, it's, you say it's it, it disappears mm-hmm. in sleep. Like you, like if you pass out and go to sleep, it just stops. Yeah, it's just, it's some sort of central, uh, well, I, I don't know if necessarily central nervous system, but, like, it's some sort of nervous system disorder that, like, when your brain shuts down to sleep or whatever it is, uh, it seems to stop. Now, Interesting. Now, they're they're saying that these examples are, the, the, the cases we're going to talk about are examples of this. However, those cases don't necessarily line up with this definition either. Gotcha. So, um... So, yeah, it's just basically like, uh, you know, I, I think another example of this, maybe not of the same, but related is like the idea of having the Jimmy legs. The I'm sorry, the what? Um, you, you, you haven't heard of the Jimmy legs before. Mike? No. You ever, okay, good. We're both in the dark here. Please explain the Jimmy legs. Okay, well, have you ever seen advertisements for uh, like, you know, those uh, those TV advertisements for medicine that help with restless leg syndrome? Yes. Oh, yeah. RLS. Yeah, my 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 family called them the Jimmy Legs, and I'm not sure if there's something racist involved with that. But um, knowing knowing old people, yes. Oh yes. man. But no, you know, okay. I'm we wondering if there's a friend with uh, RSL or RLS. 
yeah so you know it, it's something like i i don't know if i have it but i i tend to get very fidgety in bed like like my feet kind of move around and stuff like that and okay. i think it's kind of i i'm not i'm not a scientist here but i think that like there's kind of a relation between that and what we're talking about with uh uh like epidemic chorea so right. so you know, the thing is, this definition is too tidy for us. We like to complicate things. So there are some other theories that I'm going to get into. But before that, let's talk about some of the cases and outbreaks. Oh, thank um, God. I thought they were gonna, that we were going to start learning something normal here. <laughs> yeah. And like, as I said, there were there's multiple cases of this. Like everybody's. Well, I, I'm not going to say everybody has heard of Strasburg. But like, if you talk about this thing, if you know that most about this, this is the one you know about. Exactly. Right. So, for my first source, I'm pulling from uh, The Dancing Plague, a public health conundrum. Uh, I have this quote. Thus, the essential features of the disorder were that it could occur sporadically or in epidemics. It was a psych uh, psychophysical disease distinguishable from modern chorea. Uh, chorea, yeah, uh, and yeah. from organic nervous diseases. It was always characterized by an uncomfortable impulse to dance, and a morbid love of music. Physical contact with an affected person was not a prerequisite for contact uh, contracting the disease. The sight or sound of someone already affected could be sufficient. In its epidemic form, an attack was generally preceded by premonitory nervous symptoms, and the disease was commonly manifest by physical symptoms, including death. So, a couple things that I want to point out here. First of all, um, it the, the definition of this from this article sounds different than what I had previously talked about. Yeah. Yes. Especially with, like, even, like, the... Like, they describe it specifically as dancing and then associating it with music. Uh-huh. And then the idea that it could spread uh, be spread not just through, like, physical contact, but, like, actually, like, seeing someone already affected by it. Jesus. Um, and then, like, specifically mentioning that there's the <clears throat> physical symptoms, including death. So, what we learn here is that it seems like it's the literal dancing curse from the movie Hocus Pocus. God. Damn it, I knew Sarah Jessica Parker would have a body count from this. Jesus. Dance, dance until you die. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> hell. Uh, like, right? that's bizarre. This does kind of fit in with a theory I've got about this, but I'll, I'll get into that later. Well, you know, it also it draws parallels to, like, those red iron shoes as a way of torturing people. Um, it's just like, it's like a, the, the psychosomatic Physical, yeah. uh, physical version of that, you know, where they used to like put people in these iron shoes and then heat them up, and people would dance themselves to death. Would that be Only the that... Red Iron Shoe Diaries? <laughs> that would have been a much different uh, show. I, oh, yeah. I hung and shook my head at that one. I thought you would. <laughs> Thank you. And, and David Duchovny would probably have had to go into sex therapy for something a lot more extreme after that one. Oh yeah. So did anyone else ever see? Reg, a little bit of Red Shoe Diaries. I did one oh, yeah. time was, at your house on a very Cinemax. uncomfortable. It, I, it is. I did after after uh, the X Files. Not to get off on a tangent or anything, but <laughs> seemed thinking of David Duchovny in any sexual way was very uncomfortable. No, I totally agree. It's like it was oh like, no, he was a very attractive man. Yeah, so. but, yeah, but, but, but it's like you know, it's like your older brother. Yeah, something about him made me think. 
made mm. me uncomfortable yeah. with him and you know sex. we're gonna have we're, we're gonna have audience uh, we're gonna have listeners google like David Duchovny's stepbrother porn yeah oh god <laughs> okay. I'm just saying job, like Mike. imagine you're watching uh, a, uh, a softcore porno and suddenly I'm there it's that oh. it's that yeah see that's oh. what it's like oh. <laughs> it, but I just imagined you like it's kind of like this pan away from the action and there's Kevin's face just kind of <laughs> there in the window no 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 in the room like sitting in a recliner wait wait, wait are you saying I'm like a softcore porn I'm a softcore porno cuck? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and you're just standing there. I mean, not saying, but sitting there, like, not quite doing yes. the, uh, the, uh, yes. the, oh, what's his name? I lost his I, name now. I, the the no, guy I, I who's just, in The Shining, the actor. Not, Jack, Jack Nicholson? Jack Nicholson. Oh, doing the Jack Nicholson nod. nod. That, yes. Not quite that, but similar. That oh, nod. God. I, I was thinking Bob from Twin Peaks. Can I dress like a mantis? Uh, <laughs> if you want, if that's what, you know. No, does but if it I'm going to be a cuck, I'm going to be a mantis cuck. Okay. Well, you, you be the best little mantis cuck you can. <laughs> uh, okay, right. so. so that happened. Tangent over. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very rewarding one. Thank it you. really was. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some of these cases and outbreaks, shall we? Let's. So, outbreaks of dancing mania would span from the 7th century until about the 17th century, often on the back of the spread of Christianity. And there's a correlation to that that I'm going to talk about in a bit. That's, like so, a, that's, that's mm-hmm. a long goddamn time. Right? Yeah, it's one of those things where I, you know, because I, I had known about Strasbourg, and I had known that there were, like, a couple other outbreaks, but to see in the records going back, um, you know, to the 7th century was just very interesting to me. Jesus! So, um, th- th- there are, of course, you know, records back to the 7th century, but one of the first major outbreaks was in uh, Bernburg in 1020 or so. So this would be what the eleventh uh, century. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be the eleventh century. Yeah. So you know, as this is an early case and documentation was rare, um, especially at that time, we were still kind of like collectively throwing our waste out our windows into the streets in Europe. <laughs> I can only find I can only find some details on it. All right. So this is what I have. During a Christmas Eve service, 18 peasants would begin singing and dancing around the church, disturbing the uh, service inside. Now, that doesn't seem super unusual to me, because this kind of just sounds like the end of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, So, like, this idea of, like, the besieged poor joining together in a song outside of a service where they were likely not to have been invited um, to see from, like, within the church just seems like them making the best of their situation. Okay. Um, but apparently it was notable enough that there were enough poor people there disturbing the the people inside that they wrote this shit down. Yeah. Um, and I also think it kind of represents kind of a Christ mania, which we're going to talk about later. Sure, but this th- there's two things about this. Number one, it kind of sounds like that old tradition of uh, beggars showing up and singing until you throw money at them. <laughs> and secondly, this sounds a lot like holy ghosting. 
Mm, now, now, what exactly is holy ghosting? Well, holy ghosting is a thing uh, that's popular in a lot of churches these days and uh, some denominations and communities where basically during a sermon, like a particularly heated sermon, everybody starts shaking and dancing and screaming mm. in tongues and rolling around. It's kind of like holy rollers. It's when you got okay. the spirit. Yeah, you get, get the... It, they call it holy ghosting, and uh, there's a great bit about it uh, that Hannibal Burris does in his stand-up. So, mm. now, now see, yeah, because I'm I'm familiar with that. I just wasn't aware that like the term was holy ghosting. Yeah, I always thought it was like the, speaking in tongues. Yeah, well, it's uh, you got you're filled with the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, and mm. uh, you just go fucking crazy. Supposedly, that's where Elvis Presley got some of his moves. So, oh, definitely, there you go. yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go see that Baz Luhrmann Elvis Presley movie. Cause oh, looks, oh, yeah, I got to watch him steal from black yeah. people. I got to I gotta <laughs> see how they handle that. You know, it's cute that he's wearing a little Captain Marvel lightning bolt. I'm that just, was I, funny, I like actually. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, that's like one of the first major cases that we have. Again, nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, something about it struck them enough to record it, but I think it's just it, like the poor making the best of a, a shitty situation because, you know, at this time, things were not going great for the poor. Of, yeah. Well, you know. Also, now that you come to say it like that, they thought enough of it to write it down. We do have to remember that the rich people were the ones that knew how to write. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, this is one of our first examples of, like, the idea, like, these people may be possessed a or something like that. group of them, yeah. Yeah, like, eight, 18 people, considering, like, the village probably only has, like, maybe 25 people, <laughs> because everybody's dying off. Um, that, that's, six, that's not six an people in the number. church, 18 people out there dancing and uh, going crazy, okay. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to fast forward here a little bit. There are a bunch of other cases... Um, and there are two specifically large ones I want to talk about, but I'm just going to kind of go through some of the smaller ones. So one case recorded in history is an outbreak in 1237. During this outbreak, a group of children traveled from Erfurt to Arnstadt about the distance of 12 miles, supposedly jumping and dancing all the way. So naturally, if you're thinking of the Pied Piper of Hamlin, you're not alone. This is around the time that particular folktale is said to have come into existence. Interesting. Meanwhile, I'm traumatized by the fear of a roving gang of children on the road serving people old school. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm just terrified of groups of children. Uh, it's got to be bizarre, dude. Like, just yeah. a, 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 I don't even know how big the group was, but if, if you're saying a sizable group of children... That's that's unsettling, and just them kind of like walking along the road, la 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 la, oh, probably God. like in the dark and shit. They're like satanic Smurfs. Oh God! Right? You know what's <laughs> bad is the first thing pops into my head. Oh wait a minute, what if that's what happened in the McDonald's scene in Mac and Me? <laughs> it was just <laughs> dancing plague. It could be, you know, we'll have to explore that. I'm going to put that I, one on the We need to get board. Paul Rudd on here and ask him. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's just it's it's a very kind of weird, again, like all, all these like apparently unsupervised children walking 12 <laughs> miles, dancing, skipping and singing. Like, I just I find that kind of off putting that that is very off putting and someone running out. I didn't tell you to stop working for a living. 
Exactly, because, yeah, don't they have jobs at this point? Yeah, no, it's like, you damn cobbler, get back to work. <laughs> um, so another case uh, was recorded in uh, 1278, which was, you know, in the same century as the previous case. Uh-huh. Uh, it involved over 200 people dancing on a bridge over the River Meuse, uh, resulting in its collapse. So you have, like, 200 people dancing on this bridge, and then the bridge just collapsed. Jesus. It's, uh... So... Was a Mothman there? I, I have no idea. It's like, why Why are 200 people dancing on a bridge to begin with? I don't know. How do you get, um, do you get 200 people in one spot well, in the year 1278? And so, so do they have, like, troubadours with them? I mean... I'm assuming there's they have no to have, there's no evidence of that. It's just it seems they, to be they're like, dancing with no music, or they're hearing the music in their head, or oh, yeah. but externally, if you just walk by them, it's just a bunch. Of, it's like two hundred fucking nutcases on a bridge that collapses. It's just like a silent disco where everybody's wearing headphones. I was going to say awkward, seen, like shuffling. I've oh, seen God. video of that. And that's just really creepy looking. It is. Yeah, now imagine 200 people doing this on a bridge, and then the bridge collapses, and they all die. What if they all have the same song in their head? Right? You know, See? one of them's doing three-quarters time. Yeah. <laughs> Just the one guy throwing everybody off. Oh, God. <laughs> well, it was funny, because I was talking to my mom about this today, because I, I sometimes talk to my mother. I'm a good son. Um, <laughs> and, and I was telling her about the topic, and I'm like, yeah, imagine a lot of these circumstances is like a conga line going from, like, Germany to Norway. Holy shit. It's just, it's bizarre. These are really weird cases. Um, <laughs> that that you're course, not wrong. Yeah. So Ooh. you know, further outbreaks were recorded between 1373 and 1374 as well across England, Germany, and the Netherlands. I'm just so, okay. I'm just picturing Brits dancing into the ocean and drowning. Right. Why is there just, a smile on your face? <laughs> Because I'm imagining Brits dancing into the ocean and dirt. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it, it's interesting that, like, apparently several outbreaks are recorded in the span of a year. That's it's a pretty big deal, man. Yeah, it, it's and these are just some of the examples. Like, because there's multiple examples. None of them as dramatic as these. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm I'm gonna get to the two big ones now. Oh yeah, the bi- the two big ones. Right. Oh yeah. So um. Speaking of 1374, the first big outbreak of dancing mania that I would like to discuss is the outbreak on June 24th, 1374 in Aachen. Is it Aachen or Aachen? uh, Well, after all that dancing, I'm sure their feet are Aachen. That's what I was about to say. Hey, same wavelength. Do it. Don't you step on my lines ever again. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, sir. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, um, yeah, and this is, uh, yeah, 1374. So apparently there were there are cases leading up to this event, mm-hmm. what I've gathered. So this outbreak would eventually spread through Germany, Austria, Belgium, France, and the Netherlands. Now, this outbreak is notable for being called specifically St. John's Dance. Hmm. So I'm going to turn to a blog uh, post from Europeania which is a uh, European history blog. Quote, In 1374, on the streets of Aachen, Germany, people started dancing involuntarily. They moved frantically until near the point of total exhaustion. Within weeks, the strange compulsion spread to the Netherlands and the northeast of France. Hundreds of people uncontrollably jumped, leapt, and twitched for days. Which, this just sounds very bizarre, doesn't it? I 
be in a... Okay, imagine you're in a town. Mm-hmm. And the plague's headed that way. How terrified are you? Right, and it's just, you know, it's just, you hear the rhythm of their feet as they're approaching, and, you know, the rhythm's really gonna get you. Oh. Oh, god damn it. Yeah, and then imagine when the commissar comes to town. Oh. Don't turn around. <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, it's just, it, it's a very, like, I... I'm trying to imagine this. Like, I'm trying to put myself into this situation. All right, 1374 in some bumfuck middle-of-nowhere German town in the middle of a forest. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of dancing people are coming to town. I'm just, I'm trying to imagine that. And it's it's so weird to visualize that. Especially because there's no evidence that there was, like, music, right? Yeah. Nobody... No evidence of, like, a troubadour, nobody playing a horn, no one playing a, a drum. There's no dulcimers. And then you're, you're, you're like, out there, you're tending your garden. Here's another, another, another scary thought. Uh-huh. Mm. I'm assuming all these people are white, so it's very terrible dancing, too. Oh, exactly. that's a good point. <laughs> no, They have no rhythm to dance to. And, and they don't have rhythm to begin with. Yes. But Man. imagine you're out there tending your garden. Your neighbor comes up. The dancers are coming to town. Oh, well, that sounds fun. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's like the funkiest zombie plague ever. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> that's, that's what it's Thriller like the, was about. It's ooh. <laughs> again, Michael Jackson's disease. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I, I want to kind of... um. Return to the, that website again, uh, Europania. Yeah. Um, so with another quote, quote, It seems improbable, but dozens of medieval sources from different towns mention the incident from 1374, and there are even municipal orders describing the mania in Strasbourg. Chroniclers agree that the people were dancing and not only shaking, but they were obviously suffering from physical pain, too, as well as having horrible visions and sometimes asking for help and praying. Often they barely ate or slept, and sometimes they're not even conscious of what was happening to them. Oh my god, that's even... Imagine, you're not even having a good time. Right, right. It's like going to a, a middle school prom, but you don't have anyone to go with. Well, I mean, imagine, you know, they're dancing, and it's like, well, at least it's fun to watch, and one was just, KILL ME! <laughs> it's like, you make me feel like dancing, please stop. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> So it's just, it's it's bizarre, you know, like we have all these chronicles of people writing these things down, but like specifically mentioning that these people are in pain, they're probably bleeding at their feet. Oh, yeah. I mean, just walking around infected. Imagine like walking around Disney World for a week, Mm -hmm. but in like a day. Right. And, you know, it just also mentioning the horrible visions and asking for help and praying. So that's kind of like leading me to that religious mania angle. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll talk about that. But yeah. I don't know. What, what do you think about this, Mike? Are you into it? Um, I mean, I, I, I depends on what you mean into it. I'm like, I would not be dancing. Okay, so here, here's but, the question. Hmm. Would you wish it upon your worst enemy? Uh, um, I know who my worst enemy is, and yes. Ooh, ooh it's got dark. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm more of a I'm more of a uh, poetic justice kind of thing. I don't. No one is you know. If so, if someone 
you know, served me, sure. But, uh... (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying is if somebody came up and you got served, you would wish this on them? Well, it it, it was a bad enough serve, yes. Okay. Imagine Um, a wizard getting so pissed off because someone served him, so he curses an entire town. (laughs) Holy shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. This sounds like the next movie from A24. Jesus. (laughs) Oh, I'm just imagining fucking Gandalf the Grey. Just like, how dare you? (laughs) Fool of a talk, you will never stop dancing. Fly, you fools. (laughs) Electric slide, you fools. No, because my worst enemy, I just, the only curse I wish upon him is he's like stranded somewhere for like a couple of weeks, you know. And the only thing he has to eat is like a jar, giant jar of mayonnaise. I know who your worst enemy is now. Yep, because yep, he hates mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. If you're, exactly. you're listening to this mayonnaise, if you listen to this and hate, really hate mayonnaise, you, you may be my enemy. But <laughs> oh boy! So you know, all of this sounds like funny and absurd, but it also uh, sounds incredibly come, horrific. Yeah, it's, no, it's straight up horror. Like when you hear, you know, just uncontrollable dancing, it's like, oh, how how bad could that be? Then you pretty start bad. actually thinking about it. It's like, oh, you're not like going to the bathroom or mm-hmm. eating. Oh, 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 you're going to the bathroom. Well, you're not. <laughs> go, you're not you're going to the restroom. You're flinging that shit everywhere. You're not removing your clothes and going to the bathroom. <laughs> God, you are like soiling fucking... yourself. <laughs> it Con- would look like the know. the. It would look like the rave in Zion from Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> oh, except, except everyone's <laughs> shitting like rhinos. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's like you wake up one morning and finally find yourself possessed by the ghost of Elvis and he won't fucking leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because then you'd just be like doing a lot of drugs and eating peanut butter and banana sandwiches. <laughs> Which, Accidentally like, taking m yeah, like, I, really I think I would like to, you know, if I'm going to die, let Elvis possess my corpse so he can just go on one more peanut butter and banana drug binge. Yeah, no, it's like, David, what are you doing? Hey, man, just leave me alone. I'm having one last fling. Oh, <laughs> I won't be able to make the episode this Thursday. Sorry. Fling it. Fling it very much. <laughs> so, um, yeah, obviously, this is pretty horrific, but I'm going to go ahead and uh, pull up another quote here. Oh, please do. So. So to put this into perspective, I have Justice Friedrich Karl Hecker, uh, who described the Saint John uh, Saint John's dance in his 1888 book, The Black Death and the Dancing Mania. So one thing we should note here is that a lot of this is occurring as the Black Death is happening. Oh my God! So you've got the, the horrible, painful, bloody, gross plague, and then you have the horribly painful dancing plague. Oh God! So here, here's my quote. Quote, they formed circles hand in hand and appearing to have lost all control over their senses, continued dancing regardless of the bystanders for hours together in wild delirium until at length they fell to the ground in a state of exhaustion. Then they complained of extreme oppression and groaned as if in the agonies of death until they were swathed in clothes bound tightly upon their waist, upon which they again recovered and remained free from complaint until the next attack. Jesus. So... The, the thing that sticks out to me there is they, they were um, swathed and closed, tound, uh, bound tightly around their waist. Now, I couldn't find any information about this, but the only association that I can draw um, deals with, like, ancient... Well, okay, maybe... 
maybe ancient's the wrong word, but like medieval stories of like werewolfism, uh, lycanthropy, where mm-hmm. often like there was an association with a belt or a girdle. Right, right, right. The wolf girdle thing. But the wolf girdle thing is supposed to turn you into a lycanthrope. So I'm, oh, I'm great. not sure. So the cure was werewolfism. Yeah, so I'm I'm not I'm not sure what the situation is with the See, clothes bound tightly. Around their waist. See, I was thinking maybe it was like a crude form of like uh, a straight jacket. Maybe, like but again, like the details aren't super clear as to like what this looks like. Like are they binding their their legs together? Like are they taking like uh, cloth and just wrapping up the legs up to the waist and the hands? Like, or is it like on? they're tying it around their waist and tightening it till they pass out like it's a corset? Yeah, so I again, I, I'm not sure what the significance is here, but the only parallel I could draw is like the, the werewolf girdle. Yeah. That's, so it's... it's which okay, is weird, I heard that sni- snicker, Mike. Well, just, yeah. just the term werewolf girdle. <laughs> it, it has many... Many conjure, conjuring of uh, <laughs> uh, keeps that werewolves sweater puppies in check. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> yep. Oh okay. god. So the other thing is, like, as to the exact number of people involved, it's harder to pin down. Now, an article from Mental Floss suggests that this occurred over dozens of villages, and more importantly, involved hundreds of villagers. That's so pretty crazy. It, I, the idea is that, like, maybe not every villager is following along. Maybe some of them pass out before then, but, like, it seems like people are getting picked up into this fucked up supernatural conga line. God damn it. So, the thing is, like, alarmingly, this mania vanishes nearly as quickly as it occurs. Um, and as for the length of time, sources indicate that this occurred over a matter of days. This specific outbreak in uh, Aachen. Wow. Right. It's it's a very bizarre thing to think about. Now, it seems that if we were to treat this as an actual outbreak, it would subside for a time and then flare up again over a few years, such as in the cases of 1375, 1376, and 1381. Hmm. And there, there are multiple uh, outbreaks elsewhere uh, as we move into our next one. Now, the most recorded outbreak of this dancing mania ever surrounds the 1518 outbreak in Strasbourg. So I've mostly cobbled this together from a number of papers I found in academic database. Um, So this is kind of like me kind of doing a a survey of this because there's a bunch of different sources and they sometimes contradict each other on it. Uh Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, that's, um, that's that's always a good sign. Yeah, it gets a little complicated. Or what, what was that? What was that slogan we developed? Uh, it's about. It, it, the, it was something. The, this like where that. it gets complicated. Yeah, yeah. something like that. So, Everybody, take a um, drink. So, this outbreak is largely known as the Dancing Plague of 1518. I will begin with the article "Divine Punishment or Disease: Medieval and Early Modern Approach to the 1518 Strasbourg Dancing Plague." Quote. On the 14th of July, 1518, a solitary woman began to dance in the streets of Strasbourg. By mid-August, hundreds of people were dancing uncontrollably in the streets. 
Eventually, dancers began to die. Unable to stop dancing, as many as 15 people a day simply dropped dead, and yet the dance continued on. A poem taken from contemporary chronicles indicates the scope and horror of the plague, and I'm going to quote that poem. Okay. Many hundreds in Strasbourg began to dance and hop women and men. In the public market, in alleys and streets, day and night, and many of them ate nothing. Until at last the sickness left them, this affliction was called St. Vitus's Dance. Not a very good poem. No, it's not. But now, you know. Of course, it's also translated. I'm sure in the original like yeah. German, it's beautiful. Right. So um, we here we get like... The, the previous cases I talked about didn't talk so much about people dying. Like, the, the, there's indications that people died, but this is the one where we get that idea of the dance until you die thing. Right. It, we, we would call it the codifier of the trope. So, okay. um, but, like, the numbers here are just astounding to me. Up to 15 people a day for, like, two months. Jesus. So... The important thing that I want to draw from this poem that I had just read, though, Mm -hmm. is that there is an equal weight given to this being the result of a disease as well as being some form of uh, divine event. Like maybe God inflicted a disease. Yeah, because they talk about uh, until at last the sickness left them. So then there's an illness obviously being noted there. But then the name the St. Vitus's Dance brings in the divine element into this. So, History yeah. Magazine... Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I was just going to say, St. Vitus's dance really sounds like a foot powder. It, it kind of does. It does. Uh, for your cones, Grandma used to use St. Vitus's dance. <laughs> you just put in your shoe and your two-step, a, and it goes a, away. Uh, it's a 80s pops, pop rock song. <laughs> Like St. Elmo's Fire. Yeah. St. Vitus's dance. Man. Gonna be a man motion. I can't stop dancing here. <laughs> that worked way too well. I yes. know. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, History Magazine, in their February-March issue uh, in 2018, puts the total number of people afflicted at about 400 by mid-August of that, that year of the outbreak. Wow. The article also points out, however, that the case was an example of contemporary theory leaning more towards the physical than the supernatural like other periods. Previous instances and outbreaks were more considered religiously affiliated. Right. This This one was the one where they're kind of looking at it a little bit more... Scientifically. Yeah. Which is interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. So, of course, you still have those people who believed in the divine angle... But this was also like an interesting pre-Enlightenment case. For example, do we remember the four humors from our Nostradamus episodes? Uh, yeah, those like puns, irony, sarcasm, and Chris Rock jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's nut shots, uh, puking. Uh, dang it, I can't think of anything. More nut shots. Oh, yeah. More puking. Shooting bottle rockets out of your ass. <laughs> Basically. Um, and Steve-O. <laughs> Sorry, I watched uh, Jackass Forever recently. I, I watched Jackass Forever too, and that was amazing. Oh my god. I laughed so hard I almost threw up. <laughs> Dude. It's <laughs> so good. I, j- I missed it. I'm gonna watch it, but it's I missed so, it. It's so Kevin, worth it, man. I, like, Kevin, it took me back yeah. to my childhood. I'll, I'll watch it again with you. Oh, I bet you will. 
Oh, so good. But um, uh, but no, like blood bile. Yeah, the idea was stuff. that you would have these blood fluids bile, run spit hot and cold. Pee, I guess. I don't know. Right. So you had hot blood. You had cold. Um, uh, you ha- you had like cold mucus. Oh, you right, had right, right. Black bile, which was like the hot bile, and then you had like cold yellow bile, that sort of thing. So a lot of contemporaries at the time theorized that the mania was the result of hot blood, making it what we would call a sanguinary condition. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hot blooded? Did they check it and see? Did they have a fever of 100 degrees? But Kevin. Yes. You know, they, it keeps the hot bile hot and the cold bile cold. How do it know? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm so glad I got to do that. Uh, that's a reference to the McDonald's uh, McDLT. Yes. Yeah, it keeps the hot side. I didn't hot know if, cold cold. if you were old I enough to know. remember that. Oh, well, I visit nostalgia sites. Uh, well, here's the thing: David might not be as old as us, but uh, as far as pop culture goes, he is wizened. Look, it made my day when I went to the Smithsonian and they had a McDLT package in there. <laughs> I mean, it was it was like the, in the Americana section. There was like all this other stuff. But what I took a picture of was the McDLT carton. <laughs> At the fucking Smithsonian. Yes. <laughs> right outside of that part was a uh, Batmobile from Tim Burton. But that's what I... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Batmobile? Nope. Well, I took a picture that of that McDLT. too. But, yeah. Oh, but, my yeah. God. Tonight. Bring back Mac tonight. <laughs> you know, that was Doug... That was uh, Doug Jones... Mm-hmm. As Mac oh, yeah. tonight, as you said, I am wizened in the yes. ways of pop culture. Yes. So. Um, actually, they can't bring back Mac tonight because uh, it's affiliated with like Nazis and stuff now. Yeah, Thanks, unfortunately, yeah, fuckers. God damn it! Well, <laughs> I hope they get the, the dancing plague. We can't keep we can't keep giving up things to the Nazis because they're eventually will have nothing left. So yeah, I've but taken it's it real all. hard to take something back from the Nazis. Just, I mean, but look at the swastika. Look at the Hitler mustache. Well, see, that's the thing. Is that's the thing? It's you. Once you let them have it, then yes, it's hard to take it back. You just don't let them have it in the first place. Okay, that's fair. I'm glad that we're drawing the line at back tonight. <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, you have to draw. Like, it. You can take our Nordic runes, but you cannot have our singing Moon Man. <laughs> the line must be drawn here. This far, this no further. Damn it! I was going sorry. There. <laughs> You know, I'm thinking like in the future, like a hundred years from now, maybe a thousand years from now, like the Moon Man is going to become some sort of like they're go- they're going to think about that. Go, they must have worshipped this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, I, I just hate when they find the elf dolls. No, what they'll think we worshipped was Ronald McDonald. Oh, that's true. That's really that's he's true. fucking everywhere. Well, Ronald McDonald will be our uh, our god, and Mac tonight will be our devil. No, he he he's uh, the prophet of the Lord McDonald. It's going to be like a sun and moon cult. Are you McDonald saying he was sun? the John the Baptist to the Jesus Ronald McDonald? Pretty much. Holy God! <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, Let's no, no on. hamburger god. Oh god. Let's move on. I'm frightened. <laughs> the the oh. quarter pounder is communion. <laughs> this Eat. is the body of Ronald. <laughs> <laughs> drink this drink this coke. It is my blood. Oh, it, it would be the good blood because the McDonald's Coke is the best Coke. Uh, so not around drink here. The McDonald's, no, don't drink the McDonald's Sprite though. That shit will burn your throat out. Oh yeah, no, you're fucked. 
<laughs> okay. <laughs> let's, let's get back into this. Second tangent. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that would have like added like two pages to this outline. <laughs> so, granted, we are dealing with the idea of a plague that makes people dance to their death. So, the veracity of some of these claims can be hard to swallow. This is especially because of the fact that there seem to be no records of contemporary accounts that indicate the number of deaths. Mm-hmm. Uh, any any of the accounts that mention deaths tend to be written way after the fact. All so, right, right. Yeah, so most documents indicating a death total pull their information from writings that do not appear to be contemporary to the time in which the outbreaks occurred. This also applies to some other details, though. Many sources seem to have derived from articles and book and a book by John Waller. His writings on the subject seem to influence a lot of today's and more contemporary accounts of these events. So mm-hmm. he he was like one of the first guys to really like write stuff and investigate this, and you know people yeah. kind of take it at a at his word. Right, you find this a lot in your paranormal uh, mm-hmm. research field as well. Yeah, you know, and there are other inconsistencies. Like one of them is that the initial dancer in 1518, the 1518 outbreak, was one Frau Trofea, which there's no guaranteed record of that that's just the name that everybody runs with because john waller right you know this sounds a lot like the legend of miss o'leary's cow starting the great chicago fire except that the cow started dancing well and you want to know why that started the fire uh why because those moves were lit oh god damn it Uh, I thought it was just always burning since the world's been turning. Oh, oh, oh. (laughs) where's that gun? (laughs) Far, far. That's another thing for a bingo card is Kevin asking, where's that gun? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's not a lot. I've been doing that a lot. I noticed. Yeah. I'm a little worried. Uh, You might want to be. So (laughs) fuck. Okay. So, you know, taking this a step further, it seems that the dancing was also influenced by one sex. Oh, boy. As it is suggested that the biologically female victims were more prone to the outbreak of spontaneous dancing. Um, this is a trend that emerges from many of these records. So it seems that, like, women, like, bio, you know, because, you know, um, gender's a spectrum and everything like that. So the the biological female sex, they tend to be more prone to this based on the historical record. This sounds suspect to me. Yeah, it sounds sus. I just, I, I question that. It sounds like a because they're the weaker sex kind of bullshit excuse to me. Yeah, so I'm not sure what to make of that, but that's a common trend in a lot of the literature here. Okay. Um, especially in one of the articles that I used. Um, they, they talk about that specifically, and it's it's a recent article, so I'm... Hmm. I'm I, just, I don't know how to take that, but I'm, I'm just, I'm curious about, and I could see a reason why, and we'll get into that when we talk about some of the po- uh, the potential causes here. I bet that so, article was written by like a real life guy that looks like Professor Utonium from the Powerpuff Girls going, yes, we can sex, hang on, let me smoke my pipe. So, w- with that being said, it seems whatever the series of dancing plagues actually were would disappear by the mid-17th century. And of the accounts hmm. we have, the most documented cases seem to be the 1374 and 1518 outbreaks in Aachen and Strasbourg, respectively. Now, what this tells me is that 
there seem to be events that happen to various degrees with at least 1374 and 1518 having been recorded to a reliable degree. But w- what do you think about this? Well, personally, I think that some of these details could have been exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Because it, it reminds me of, uh, you remember like the 1800s newspapers would like print articles to sell papers? Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, I did a Batman found on the moon, you know. Or Spring Hill Jack. Spring Hill Jack, stuff like that, yeah. And uh, it was just to sell newspapers, and w- what would sell a book faster than a dancing plague? And also, there's a certain amount of, like, maybe some of the chroniclers heard it third or fourth hand. So, you know, just realistically speaking, that's what I'm thinking. Mike, how about you? Um, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, there's plenty, plenty of reasons for people to, you know, lie about stuff like this. Well, and then, you know, we have a question or, from one of our know, listeners about, um, I'm sorry, you were, were you were saying something? I was just saying, or to, you know, just, uh, not exactly lie, but. You know, exaggerate. That's what I'm looking for. Exaggerate. Right, right, right. Oh, okay. Well, uh, w- one of our listeners has a question. We'll get that tw- to that towards the end. But the idea of, like, printing up things to sell newspapers, that sort of thing. Yeah. A lot of these happen before the printing press. Right, and, like, yeah. Before large-scale publication of stuff. So, like, when you wrote something down, you were either, like, a rich person who wanted to tell a story or a scholar it was an important Mm -hmm. historical event so i just i want to keep that in mind absolutely absolutely you still have to sort of factor in the concept of the game of telephone Mm -hmm. so you know that's that's the the historical backing here so now let's talk about some of these theories like what is the cause of all of this yes let's get to the fun stuff so I'm sure we probably have our theories. Uh, what do we know about Ergot? Mike, I'm going to let you field this one. So, I had heard uh, about it in conjunction with the little I knew about the uh, dancing but fever, but it was basically uh, it's a mold that's found on rye uh, grains that is uh, psychoactive, right? Basically, it's. I think I think it has a similar chemical to like magic mushroom psilocybin. Mm -hmm. Mm. So yeah, like ergot poisoning is one of those more commonly proposed theories for such cases. This is also cited often as the cause for mass hysteria involving the witch trials. Yeah, I've heard that. Now, is that the European or the American witch trials? Uh, porque, porque no los dos, like both. Okay. Uh, because rye, rye is found in, uh, especially as we colonized, right. um, or some would say stole land from the indigenous population. Yeah, America. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, we, we brought over rye and we would grow it and that sort of thing. And like, it's, it's a, a fungus that is traditionally closely associated with rye. So it's not unusual to see that spread here. But like, I would imagine for some mass hysteria in Europe and then also in the U.S., we could put a lot of the blame on ergot sure yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and quote some symptoms of ergot poisoning from the article the usage of ergot in obstetrics and gynecology a historical perspective 
quote, In the past centuries, consumption of bread made with ergot-infected flour resulted in mass poisonings. With regard to symptoms, two forms of ergot poisoning can be distinguished. Ergotismus gangrenosus and ergotismus convulsivus. Um, so if, if we know our Latin, which I think Mike is our Latin expert here. <laughs> That's quite, quite the... Uh, already, that one you, year in high school... But you, you can you can kind of already tell what those yeah. words are getting at. Yeah, yeah. I'm assuming one is like uh, some form of infection. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, the gangrene. Yeah, gangrenosis. Yeah, gangrene. The other one, of course, is uh, convulsions or mm-hmm. shaking, involuntary right. movement. Not stirred. Yeah. So so, conv- <laughs> so convulsivus. Yes. So the first stage of the poisoning is similar in both cases gastrointestinal and a normal crawling sensation in the limbs which later develops into pain with time the poison develops into one of the types mentioned above in the case of gangrenous ergotism ischemia affecting the limbs results in a distal changes of skin color and then gangrene which in turn causes the loss of limb or even death fuck Right. Convulsive ergotism manifests itself in nervous system disorders. The form of poisoning causes painful, involuntary muscle twitching, while the body of the person affected by the illness takes abnormal postures. In some cases, mania and hallucinations occur simultaneously. Okay. Well, you know, they did talk about visions. Right. And this this sounds like a great example of this, but it just it seems too tidy for me. <laughs> That's too logical, goddammit. Right. <laughs> So, you know, the the same source also suggests the role of ergot in these dancing outbreaks because the article isn't specifically about the dancing outbreaks, but it mentions it as part of the the study of this uh, this uh, fungus Um, because the fungus was used in uh, uh, gynecology and that sort of thing. Um, It's a fair and reasonable suggestion. I just kind of find it boring. Mm hmm. (laughs) Again, it fits all the conditions. Uh, quote, ergotism epidemics frequently occurred in communities where their diet was rich in rye and took place after cold and wet winters, followed by wet springs, as high air moisture and wind facilitate the spreading of the uh, claviceps purpurea fungus. There are so many big words in this episode. I am almost <laughs> yeah. lost. Yeah, science, <laughs> science is bullshit like that. Yeah. <laughs> so... Again, it's it, the idea of people tripping balls on fungus seems kind of fun until you really sit down and think about how much damage ergot poisoning has potentially done in the historical record. And just the whole idea of like, it's like the whole uh, MK Ultra thing where you mm-hmm. don't know you're being dosed and motherfucker puts like all the acid in your Coke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're sitting there at the typewriter and then suddenly you're living the naked lunch. Yeah, you're suddenly Philip K. Dick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so again, like this, this all seems perfect, perfectly reasonable. I don't think it's the sole cause of a lot of this. Sure, but I would say it's definitely something that is, uh, it is an influence. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about tarantism or tarantula bites. Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Tar- so tarantula, but yes, spiders. Yeah, the the big fuzzy spiders. Not the Joro spiders. Right. You know, funny oh, the story. Boys. The thick boys. Yeah, the thick boys. My, my uh, nephew had a pet tarantula, and it mm-hmm. bit him. And do you know what happened to the tarantula? Huh. It died. My nephew's blood poisoned a tarantula. 
that's alarming. Quite. <laughs> so, you know, a, another commonly held belief was that some of these outbreaks, specifically in Italy, were the result of tarantula bites. Tarantula bites were not uncommon at the time of these outbreaks, given the level of deforestation in the region around the time of these instances in Italy. Jesus. Again, though, this was largely reasonable. There is a theory that the idea or the fear of bites was so strong it may have even induced the disorder among people. All right, I'm calling bullshit on this uh, because, all right, no, no shock. I'm frightened of spiders, but I've never mm -hmm. danced myself to fucking death because I thought a brown recluse might get me. And if you say people were different then, then you may as well just fucking count them as a different species from modern man because, damn. Well, you're not a 9th century religious peasant who's starving to death and afraid of a plague. So, Dude. you know, uh, unless you are, I don't want to, like, pigeonhole you into a role. Sure. Yeah, no, I mean, fair. I mean, I might be and you don't know. You don't know what the mm -hmm. aliens have done to me. You don't know me. Bitch, you don't know me. <laughs> so, um, so the Tarantism thing is specifically in Italy. That's that's real specific. But like, it doesn't account for the non-Italian outbreaks. What if it was a bunch of tarantulas that ate rye infected with ergot that bit? There people? you go. Okay, there that's it. Go. That's what did it. <laughs> End of show. So, We're done. No. All right. So let's talk about the idea of mass delusion. All right. So another situation was the novelty of these events. Take, for example, the role of flagellants during the Black Death. Do we know what the flagellants are? I do, actually. Mike, are you familiar mm. with the flagellants? Is that the, the guys that go around beating themselves to prove mm -hmm. their... Or to, is it to prove their, their uh, faith or is it to atone for shit? I think it's to draw attention to the fact that you should be doing this, too, because we're all horrid sinners. Uh, yeah. So these individuals both. were religious zealots who would whip themselves in public in a kind of fevered and ritualistic manner, sometimes bordering on, like, compulsory. Like, they couldn't stop themselves. Okay. Um, which, it was also very interesting during the Black Plague, because they're opening up raw fucking wounds on their backs. <laughs> yeah. In a time shit. of plague. And it, it, it doesn't seem like in the historical record that they were any more affected by the plague than other people, but, you know. Yeah, it's, no, I'm, I'm just picturing these well, fucking nutcases whipping themselves as like, yeah, cough on my back, bitch. <sighs> I don't know. I, I want mean, you to spit in my wound. <laughs> the bubonic plague wasn't, wasn't really airborne, though, was it? It was mostly uh, passed um, through... Uh, I think it went through an airborne stage, actually. Because there were multiple forms of it. It was, I think, airborne to a degree. Don't quote me on that. But I recall, because I, I listened to the last podcast series on um, the Black Plague. Right. Um, and I believe, um, like, because there, there were two it. ways to get and, it. And, I, and, and then there's also the fact that, you know, someone can, like, with the flu, can cough into your open wound and you're not going to get the flu that way. I mean, the the disease vectors has to go through a channel that it's, you know, expecting or evolved for. Again, yeah, I'm I, not sure off the top of my head. Yeah. Again, we're getting into something that came about from me making a bad joke. So. I know. <laughs> and I'm going to pick it to death because that's oh, what I do. Oh, it. 
Mike, don't act like you have meth and this is your face. <laughs> God damn it. All right. So, so I'm going to quote eyewitness to history here uh, from a description written by Sir Robert of Avesbury. Sir Robert of Avesbury. Quote, In that same year of 1349, about Michaelmas, September 29th, over 600 men came to London from Flanders, mostly of Zealand and Holland origin. Sometimes at St. Paul's and sometimes at other points in the city, they made two daily public appearances wearing clothes from the thighs to ankles, but otherwise stripped bare. Each wore a marked cap uh, with a red cross in front and behind. Each had in his right hand a scourge with three tails. Each tail had a knot and, through the middle of it, there were sometimes sharp nails fixed. They marched naked in file, one behind another, and whipped themselves with these scourges on their naked and bleeding bodies. It is said that every night they performed the same penance. So is that what a scourge is? It's a yeah. It's a flail? <clears throat> oh, yeah. not, not really a flail, because a flail well, is yeah. like the sig- It'd be like a it'd be like a more supervillain form of a cat of nine tails. Yeah, sure. But can we also talk about the fact that the only clothes they wore were basically on their calves? So even even their their nards are visible. I'm I'm assuming these are guys because you know women are smarter than that. So well, when they're saying when they're saying thighs to to the ankles, I'm sure they're probably counting like the upper thighs. So probably oh. just in their breeches. See, I'm just so, well. It didn't say from the waist, so yeah. I'm just picturing like leg warmers for some reason. Just medieval <laughs> leg warmers, bleeding to the oldies. They're doing the flash dance, steppy dance as they're whipping themselves. <laughs> yes, exactly. And also, you know, we we push this kind of like super. Uh, what do you call it? Not conservative, prudish, prudish, yeah, prudish uh, concept on people, you know, mm-hmm. pre-modern times, pre, uh, but pre, but pure before the Puritanism movement, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. sure, you know, seeing naked Joe in the street was like, oh, naked Joe, put on some pants. It wasn't like, you know, chase him out of town. Yeah, you know, it's like also clothes are expensive, so if you're yeah. going to have to run around with your dick out, like, like sure. you don't have another choice. Yeah, so, you know, them if they, even if they were, like, mo- pretty much naked, beating themselves, it would have been like, oh, well, there's those crazy naked dudes beating themselves again. Yeah, here comes one nut Larry, everybody get out of the road. And nowadays, a naked dude beating himself has a completely different meaning. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that back when we lived in South Jackson. Nothing quite like jacking it in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I mentioned this because this is another kind of weird compulsory group activity. You know, at least they're having fun with friends. Um, but I, I feel like it's one of those things that, like, if we're talking about the idea of mass delusion, there's some parallels here. Sure. But on that note of mass delusion, let's talk about de- demonic possession or Christ mania. Okay. So, if we find ourselves in the cap, uh, the camp that the origins of these outbreaks were of a divine nature, then there are two principal things to discuss. One is the theory of demonic possession, while the other might be some form of thing I'm just going to call Christ mania. So, a lot of uh, religious fervor and thinking played out in strange ways in the pre-enlightenment times. So, specifically, according to the Dancing Plague, a public health conundrum... 
One contemporary belief for the cause of these outbreaks was invalid baptisms by corrupt, uh, corrupt clergy leading to a de- uh, de- demonic possession. Oh, that, um, okay. So this is kind of like that guy that did all those uh, baptisms wrong and now the Catholic Church is saying that none of those people are going to heaven? When was this? Like a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, so Holy it crap. was a so he said like the wrong line. He put like and or something in the middle of the line. I can't remember what the exact phrasing or what the phrase was, but so they for, fucking grammar Nazi like, him instead yes. of just like Nazi helped. Pretty yeah, much. They grammar Nazi him and decided for that the like, last like thirty years he's been saying it this way and apparently that was wrong and because he said it wrong all these people were fucked. Oh my god. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, it, again, this is reminding me of two things. Number one, holy ghosting. Which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Which, like I said, we used to call that a uh, holy rolling. Where you, It's also kind of like the same thing as like snake handling. You know, it's religious mm-hmm. mania. And uh, it reminds me of holy land syndrome. Are you familiar with that mental affliction? Mm, no. It's where tourists from the West will go to the Holy Land, like Israel, uh, you know, all these places where Jesus was and the Bible happened, and uh, they'll lose their goddamn minds and not go home. Oh. And will just start thinking that they're living in uh, biblical times. There's one guy, he was a uh, professor at a college here in the U.S. He goes on a tour of the Holy Land, and... He just never left. He started thinking he was King Solomon. He ran around, or no, King David. He ran around with a lyre, playing it and singing in uh, Aramaic at people. Reminds me of that joke in um, Ghostbusters. Is there a history of mental illness in your family? Well, my brother thought he was St. Jerome. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> so it's it's the same thing. Uh, I really feel like, rel- and I'm not to insult people out there that listen to this religious. I'm just saying that, like, Religious mania is like a thing, you know? Oh, yeah. It might cause you to believe that there's a secret pizza place that sells child slaves in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that doesn't to the sound good... like something that people actually believe. No. Yeah. You know, it's nothing like uh, good healthy beliefs like in Bigfoot and UFOs and mm-hmm. things like that. <laughs> I, you know, I'm just going to say something that's going to drive a religious listener wild. What's Moloch. that? What? Moloch. Moloch? Yeah, you know, the, the god that uh, supposedly they, they sacrifice children to. Oh, oh, Mo- oh yeah, yeah just, they've got the, the statue of him at Bohemian Grove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah the so big just, owl. Like, we're, we're going to trigger someone with that. Just Moloch. <laughs> Moloch. Mollusk? <laughs> Moloch. So I, l- I looked up the thing about the uh, Catholic priest. It was in Arizona. Oh, of it course. Was, oh, uh, no wonder. As the Catholic Diocese of Phoenix announced that uh, Reverend, Reverend Anders Arango has been using the wrong wording in his baptisms up until June of last year. Um, and it's because of a single word. But in his both English and Spanish uh, sermons, or not sermons, but baptisms, he mm-hmm. used the phrase, We baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. When he should have said, I baptize you. So he used we instead of I. 
Whatever so was he, the royal he, we. He, yeah. He, he got he got dinged for being more inclusive. Yes. Wow. Kind of. Wow. And see, this so, is what comes of not observing daylight savings time. <laughs> but uh, so it, it's he, and by his estimation, he's been using that phrasing, phrasing since 1995. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. So. It, it, Jesus Christ. They're not going to meet him. They're not going to meet <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're going straight to hell because of this guy. How many people have died? Oh, how my many people God. Have died since then? It's like, Jeez. It's like what, six? Uh, Many years? It's sixteen years. Twenty-six uh, years. A long time, man. It's yeah, been twenty-six 10, years. 20, wow. Oh my god! So Way to uh, go. yeah, go better go to Vegas to one of those quickie baptismal places and <laughs> uh, get that taken care of. Drive through baptism with yeah. like, squirt guns. Yeah, no squirt guns. They throw a cup of uh, they throw a cup of Dasani I'm, in your face. I'm, I'm you sure get the Holy Spirit all in your face. Yeah, I'm sure the uh, Archdiocese of Phoenix have like rented out a local YMCA pool to do mass baptisms at like fifty dollars a pop. <laughs> okay, we have to practice. Let's make sure we are synchronized. All right, everybody. If you, before you get in the pool, make sure you got your floaties. Yeah, they flew in uh, extra help from the Vatican. <laughs> They brought in Archbishop uh, 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 Zipnak. No, no, the one from SNL. Oh, Father Guido Sarduce. Yes. Oh, yeah, man. I'd love to be baptized by him. He never even puts a cigarette out. So, I I do have one more theory for you, gentlemen. All right. Okay. So, my theory is that this is an early form of a meme. All right. I'm down with this. Okay, so one thing to note about these instances of these outbreaks is that they happen during times of great hardship in Europe. Uh, Between regional instability, plagues, and famines, we would get these spontaneous outbreaks of dancing madness. Now, one theory that I want to consider is that this may have been an early example of a cultural meme before we had a, a sense of what a meme was, because we've seen memes expressed for thousands of years, but it wasn't until the 1970s that the terminology was coined by Richard Dawkins. The, the larger idea of the meme is that, uh, like, uh, of our, our shitposter example of this, is that it's a <laughs> shared piece of culture that is replicated continually and perpetuates and mutates, much like a gene. See, this makes a lot of sense to me. Because if you think of a meme as sort of a mental virus that gets in the collective unconscious and spreads through the species, yeah, that works on some level for me. Right, and you know the, that doesn't preclude these other factors being involved. Oh yeah, yeah, but now, yeah. But now at this point, because it's happened so many times over the course of like six or seven centuries, it, it kind of just it becomes something that we know about and that we it kind of embrace if it happens. So, you know, as much as I'm not exactly the physical type, there are times when I'm under a great deal of stress. I'll go for walks or do something physical to unload that stress. For example, like uh, when I have like writer's block, for example, I'll get up and I'll move around and everything like that. Um, like people, humans are wired to express a kind of get up and move meme for dealing with their stress. And in the mm-hmm. case of these outbreaks, it could have been like a herky jerky dance that just kind of spread like a meme among all these people who are dealing with incredibly severe, difficult lives. Definitely. So, so you're saying is they they saw one person doing it and they're like. Hey, I want to do that. It or, was the medieval equ- equivalent of a retweet. I want to get on that. Mm-hmm. Hashtag yeah, I, I, herky jerk. 
Uh, I, I think that's basically my my big thing here. But, you know, so for example, in the article, the dancing plague, a public health conundrum, quote, establishing a clear cause for the dancing plague remains elusive. A dietary, toxic, or infectious component are all possibilities. However, it seems to have been a psychological disorder which occurred when there was a predisposing cultural background and to have been triggered by adverse social circumstances, a sign of times which have long passed. That makes sense to me because, again, I think humanity is far more connected than we realize. Mm-hmm. And it goes a long way toward explaining mob mentality. And, uh, you know, one becomes part of the many, and the many is like a linked hive. So if one particularly powerful idea infects someone in the mob, it spreads. But again, that's me. January right. 6th. January yeah. 6th. That's a very good point. You know, and another example, like we talk about how apparently these kind of dancing madnesses kind of subside in the the mid-17th century. What else was going on in the mid-17th century but the Enlightenment? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like also, obviously, yeah. the quality of life didn't improve for everybody, but it did improve significantly because we realized, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't dump our shit into the river we drink from. Right. And also, let's not necessarily like everyone's lives got better, but... A lot of stressors were relieved. Yeah, especially the lessening when you start of the plague. People. <laughs> More, yeah, no. When you cut your leader's head off, but like, yeah, cathartic. No. Yeah, the plague's over. Uh, there's suddenly a lot more money around. Things are looking up. In mm-hmm. general, on a societal level, like, yeah, okay, I may be dirt poor, but like, if things are, if the economy's better, I'm still gonna feel better in general about the world. Yeah, yeah. So I also have to wonder, like, <clears throat> was like a certain time of year this would happen? Because so, like, hmm? uh, that that's a good question. Because in one of the quotes that I had read, they had mentioned you know with ergot um, occurring after like particularly wet springs. So I'm assuming that this would happen in the summer period. Because some some of the other cases were in like August or September. That's the time when you're eating the harvested right and had rye. The time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes uh, sense. Yeah, I mean, and for an agrarian society, that's kind of downtime because you know you've harvested everything, you've put it up for the winter. The plants are dead, but it's still not like you know. I'm assuming in more cold in northern climates, you know, it's not. But ass cold winter snow hell apocalypse. Mm-hmm. So you know, see someone dance and you're like, hell yeah, I want to dance because you know there's there's a lot of uh, festivals well, in that time of year anyway. Well, and here's the thing: when it's in the middle of the winter, I want to dance with somebody. I want to heal the. I want to he- feel the heat from somebody. God yeah. damn it! <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck both of you! See, my original conjecture was maybe it was like spring fever, but no, that other way makes sense too. That it's you know. Yeah. So what what I think is that like all these theories, I I feel like all these theories have validity to them, Mm -hmm. and I think they all kind of feed into each other. Yeah, I think there's. uh, I think what we have here, in essence, is a perfect stew for this kind of thing to happen. Mm-hmm. With all these things. Yeah. And it's like a giant clusterfuck of a synchronicity that it all happened. 
in a certain amount of you know time yeah so you know and that's what i have for this i wanted to make sure that we didn't go too into the weeds here but i think we have a pretty good picture of right this and then the like the scale of it is what i find to be most surprising yeah i mean it's western europe yeah like because i went in thinking like okay there's probably like a handful of them but like the number of cases i saw got into like the 30s that's that's really interesting because like you said i was thinking maybe six five six over like a few hundred years i wasn't expecting all this yeah but uh that was fantastic david thank you not a problem that was fun yeah, no, we had a lot of fun. We had some jokes. Um, now I believe we got some questions. Oh, we're, we're wrapping that part up? Yeah. Did you I, have something else? Because I wrote down a bunch of, well, several notes. You didn't ask me what, you know, I'm my sorry, overall sorry, Mike, was. let's go with you. What I, are you your said they were going to do that at the end. I am so <laughs> sorry. Let David, yeah, let's, let's. Yeah. I gave my so overall we, thoughts. Mike. Let the baby have a spot. Holy shit. No way, dude. <laughs> Holy fuck, Mike's going to shoot you. I'm just kidding, Mike. I love you. I'm not going to shoot anybody. He's going to stay. He's going to wish me on an island with nothing but mayo. (laughs) Here's the thing. Do you like mayo? Uh, I mean, it it makes a sandwich less dry. Well, then, no. I'll think of something else. Dancing Mm. plague it is, then. Yes, dancing plague it is. (laughs) So, no, I mean, so we already covered some of the ones you, you brought up some of the ones but you know uh so boredom obviously I mean, they're just freaking bored just all the time bored and dancing yeah like we said you you're you see someone dancing you're like fuck yeah i want part of that uh could have been you know a form of exercise it's like medieval jazzercise technically yes yeah but like jazzercise till you die yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, some some people took that shit too far. Sounds hey, like an hey, 80s horror film. Actually, look at, uh, what was that guy's name? Jimmy Fix, the famous uh, jogger, the guy that uh, advocated jogging as a healthy lifestyle. You know, when he died, he had a heart attack while jogging. Yeah, well, do what you love, die uh, but, how you do but it. Did, but did he jog himself to death, or was it just... Yeah, yeah the, all the jogging aggravated an unknown heart condition. Okay. Oh, because I, I don't know if that's like him jogging himself to death or it just coincidentally he died while jogging. You know what I mean? It, uh, I think it aggravated it. It was a heart condition. Okay. All right. Yeah. I read about this shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. I saw Forrest Gump. Okay. What else you got? Man, fuck oh. you. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Forrest Gump. I just felt like running. And, uh, let's see. You know, quasi-religious fever, you know, they're just get way into it because, you know, they're everybody's doing it. So again, holy ghosting. Yeah. Why why wouldn't why wouldn't I get into this? Cause hey, yeah, and there's also the peer pressure of how come you're not absorbed by yeah, the Holy that was, Spirit? That was the next one. Peer pressure and bandwagoning. Mm. Good points. You know, you're into dancing. Everybody else is dancing. Why ain't you dancing? <laughs> well, so it suddenly becomes beat it. <laughs> Yeah. Have you have you got another one, Mike? Uh so you see here, you had mentioned the uh the the maybe probably erroneous idea or idea that it was mostly women, 
but that may lead me to think about, you know, what if it's sexual repression? It's Ooh. like, uh, uh, what's that, what's that movie? Dirty Dancing. How how oh, Dirty Dancing. No, the, uh, Lombada? The no. Forbidden Dance? No, the one with the pirate radio station. Pirate radio? No. Or was it a pirate radio? No, something. Airheads? Jeez. <laughs> killing me here. You're killing me, Smalls. Uh, oh, God, I can't remember the name of that one now. Footloose. Foot? Oh, okay. wait. Was Pump it Footloose? up the volume? Pump up the volume. That's Pump it. up the volume. But foot okay. wasn't Footloose. Like yeah, Footloose were the town band dancing. dancing. Yeah, yeah. All so, I know is that they needed a hero. Yeah, uh, holding out but, for one till the end. But, of you the know, night. dancing can be a very sensual thing. So maybe it was you know. Holy shit! Oh, yeah, I just I saw her ankle. <laughs> I, she's just watching TV, and I'm just up there, like just in front, just kind of gyrating, and then she throws some money at me, and <laughs> it's. it's uh, are you sure it's money, or is it is it coins? I think she's just trying to get you out of the way. <laughs> just chucking pennies <laughs> at your head. It's just bread. <laughs> toast. She's what, chucking toast she at you. She thinks you're a duck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the bad thing is, I'm picturing you dancing, and all I'm hearing is, I'm a sweet transvestite. <laughs> Which is funny, because, yeah, she and I like to go to Rocky Horror. Um, oh, of course. Uh, at, at theaters and everything like that. So Yeah, I just picture you dancing to, to sweet transvestite. Tim Curry playing. <laughs> That'd be great. So uh ants in the pants. <laughs> Wait, what? Ants in the pants. Ants in the pants. Sir, you have which, terminal which, ants in your pants. Which actually, you know, which I would just throw, wrote that down as shorthand for, you know, say fleas or lice or but you you kind of cover that with tarantulas too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just you know any Going kind of you know town to town giving each other fleas. And, and then you got it so was the fleas, black plague though. You're kind of like yeah, squirming around. And Damn, Mike, you might so, have a point on that one. So are you luckier if you get the the fleas that make you dance or the fleas that give you the bubos? You know what? I'm taking the dance. Yeah, the dance has a probably higher survival rate. Yeah, and <laughs> not when I'm dancing. Now I got a couple of theories. When you're done, Mike. Okay. Well, my last one, we've, which we've got to, is just people be weird. <laughs> I mean, people be weird. That's it, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, people are people, so why should it be? Sure. Okay. So my two uh, additional theories are number one, space plague. Okay, you're you're treading on my neck, my. Last thing I wanted to do at before we did the wrap up, which was uh, propose if it was something not normal, what is your wildest theory about it? You just said space play. Okay, that's one of them. The other one, of course, is a uh, overlap of the superstructure, like a oh, a massive it. high strangeness event. Kevin, your superstructure thing is going to give me brain cancer. God damn it, Mike. But the point is, uh, seriously, I think space plague could be an interesting thing. Like, you know, just, just out of the blue, meteorite falls, causes the uh, little ice age, and uh, everybody gets uh, dance in space plague. <laughs> it but, doesn't mutate any of us. It just makes us dance. Yeah, no, that's it, man. That's all it does. Just literally the dance bug from Mars. Uh, and my other thing, like I said, the superstructure uh, has a massive foldover event from maybe some tectonic activity 
and uh, it affects people's minds, and we just have like a mass 200-year period of open windows and high strangeness. Or however many hundreds of years. There you go. So that's mine. Kevin, Kevin. Yeah? The, uh, the term high strangeness... Uh, implies the existence of a low strangeness that's every day no my days are not strange okay that's true that dude with the yellow skin that comes in that that's pretty weird that's just jaundice it is jaundice it's sad so uh david do you have any theories you want to throw out there real quick my theory is that most animated disney films set in medieval times are actually like <laughs> uh, actually happened, so everybody breaks so, out into song and dance when the protagonist. So if you take a Disney, the village, if you take a Disney film and just blank out the musical numbers, but still have the dancing, that's what was happening. And replace all the smiles with uh, looks of horror. No, yeah, yeah. they could have been enjoying Man, themselves. We don't know. When you said we're really happening, I was like, please do not start talking again. Uh, don't start talking about. Uh, God, what's his name that wrote those books? I don't know. Oh, God, why am I blanking on his name? Wrote, uh, uh, do Android's Dream of Electric. Oh, Philip K. Dick. Yeah, Philip K. Dick, yeah. I was afraid you were like, everything I write is actually happening. (laughs) He believed that. Did you know that, Mike? No. Yeah, no, he believed everything that he wrote was actually happening at that point uh, in another dimension to him. Which is why he's one of the best authors ever. Mm Mm-hmm. All this because light reflected off of a fish necklace and turned into a beam and shot his head full of psychic info. <laughs> God, I love you, Philip K. Dick. You really I gotta read him. about him, Mike. It's insane. Yeah. Haunted by his twin sister who died in the womb. Jesus Christ. Crazy, crazy story. Amazing, amazing stuff. Yeah. So, questions. We got questions. Shall I read us some questions? Uh, my, my bat shit. Oh, yes, please. Um, a this the, you'll probably love this and think it's brilliant. Oh, well, I will. I think it's silly as hell. Uh, extra dimensional being is basically doing the puppet master thing and playing with people. That's kind of the uh, that's kind of what I was saying. With it's part the, of the uh, fae. Yeah, the fae. It was it was Edwards, no, no, the no, wee fork. No, it's a it's an extra dimensional puppet master. So it's just some you know their version of like a old man with glasses you know going hey dance dance fuckers dance <laughs> basically you turned everybody into finger puppets. okay i can see that see mike you were right yeah i thought it was cool so we got a question from kick acetron Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, has dancing mania ever coincided with elevated internal temperatures, specifically over 37.7 C Celsius? Also, did dancing mania happen because people went crazy over the invention of the printing press? So I do uh, I do want to take I do want to tackle this one because I, I looked into it a little bit. Ooh. So. There, there was a spike in temperature during the medieval warm period, which spanned from about 950 to 1250. But then it was followed up by the Little Ice Age. So I'm not sure if there's much correlation here between um, like an Ice Age and a global heating trend and what's going on. It's more specifically like, was the, was the spring particularly wet 
to uh, to yeah. increase the growth of this fungus. Um, See, e- even that uh, the little ice age and would have still been like a bizarre apocalyptic event or a punishment mm-hmm. from God, adding to the stressors of the day. So there's a definite mm-hmm. possibility of a connection there, right? And then, yeah, as far as uh, the printing press, that was invented by Gutenberg in 1426, which might have had an effect of spreading the news, but publishing was still pretty expensive and rare well, he, for contemporary he, accounts. He invented the movable type printing press. There were printing presses before Using that. Using wooden block print. Yeah. yeah. So but, it was, you know, it, he just made it a lot cheaper and easier. Right. Yeah. yeah. Now, but also, it's, it's not like there's like a, a newspaper that goes around yeah. fairly reliably. Well, yeah. So. yeah. You know, town criers and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Get your new copy of the Runny Blister. Um, <laughs> but, like, he also said crazy over the invention. Like, what if this is just people really fucking happy that they're sprinting now and they're just dancing in the streets? You mean the Bible isn't just in Latin anymore? Woo! Yeah, everybody's just dancing from that. You mean I don't have to pay a tithe to the priest? To get the holy word of God? Hey, don't you go saying that. You keep giving me the money. Give me the money. Or I break <laughs> your legs. Oh, God. Catholic um, Church, the first mafia. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get fucking shot, aren't oh, I? Oh, we're dead. We're already <laughs> dead, man. We're on so many fucking hit lists. So, my own dearest Dusty Pages asks, have they ever figured out what beat to dance to? to uh what beat to dance to works best for this specific mania like what's a best song and uh in my opinion it i have a really bad feeling it's the fucking harlem shake <laughs> i am going to say mirror in the bathroom by the english beat ooh safety that seems dance. like a good one to dance to ooh mike you think it's safety dance yes ooh that'd be <laughs> neat but it's the opposite of a safe dance well, yeah. it's like Fry said, you know, that that dance really wasn't that safe. But yeah, we'll no, have I have a feeling it's... We'll have drama references to the bingo card. We really do. But I have a feeling it would have been the Harlem Shake. That's just me. I don't think you can actually dance to the Harlem Shake. The, you basically just violently convulse. I'm pretty sure they were, you know... Come on, they're, they're, they're probably dancing. It was, that's not really dancing. That's just, you know. You know, it was shaking. probably fucking green sleeves. It, it, was, it was probably uh, Cotton Eye Joe. Where do you eat again from Cotton Eye Joe? Yeah, I could see that. Oh, my God. What if it's just like somehow, like when time travel's invented, Cotton Eye Joe's playing on somebody's computer and it just goes throughout history and it's stuck in humanity's head until you know what? they finally record it. Anytime there's a jug ban, or every time there's a jug somewhere that you could blow into, you run the risk of hearing Cotton Eye Joe. Where is that gun? Fuck. Uh, <laughs> so, in your heart. Oh, the gun's inside all of us. So, now it's become a David Cronenberg film. <laughs> <laughs> Existence! Yeah, tooth gun. <laughs> the tooth gun. I was gun thinking Videodrome, but okay, oh. you do you. Have you ever seen Existence? Yes. Yeah, where there's the meat gun that shoots teeth. This <laughs> yes. Is dumbest fucking thing. So, uh, last question from Darth Plato: Dancing Mania was in Strasbourg, right, or was it more widespread? And, Which we uh, did cover in the episode. We but... did. It was widespread, but Strasbourg was its own thing. Mm-hmm. 
But he did have a uh, follow-up question to that one. Right. His follow-up question, I'd want to know how the press reported on it, if there was a press at the time, and how widespread the news got, and if other places randomly started doing it when they heard about it. Well, yeah, we also kind of covered that. There was yeah. no press. There was no press. Maybe I'm, It was basically somebody runs into town screaming, Run! The dancers are coming! Now, see, I'm picturing this peasant child running into a town breathlessly. The rhythm's going to get you. The rhythm's going to get you. Tonight. <laughs> oh, my God. This has been the most pun-filled okay. episode we've ever done. I, I need a... I need a... I need someone to do a, a horror movie based on... The dancing, the dancing. play? Yes. You know, if we just have a guy, have a, you know, get run into like a wizard and piss him off, and he curses this guy's entire town it's to the, dance to death. I mean, there's your movie right there, dude. You know what? I kind of feel like one of us on our deathbed has to give that curse. It'd be like thinner, but with more cardio. <laughs> Dancing. <laughs> yeah, no, just a gypsy rubbing her hand on your face, going dance for me. You do not use the word gypsy anymore. Oh, you're wait. Well, what are they called now? Romani. Uh, Romani. Okay, yeah. a Romani woman rubs her hand across your face and goes, "Dance for me." Yes, I will be the woke one. For okay, us. thank you. I'll keep us in check. But uh, somebody's got a Jordan Peele doing a uh, dancing. Oh, dude, Ooh. Jordan Peele would do an amazing movie. Yeah. I have not oh, seen man. any of his movies yet. I need to. Oh, he produced <gasps> Candyman, and that was amazing. The new one? Yeah, you know, you have to understand, I'm not much of a horror person. Not oh, that yeah. it like, no, 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 scares no. I me. Understand. I knew just, there was just something about you that bothered me. Right. It, so my, my problem with a lot of horror is kind of the yeah. hopelessness of it. It's like Okay, and mm. Candyman is definitely a hopeless kind of a fucking movie. I still want to see Nope real bad. Yeah, I, I'm so excited for Nope. That that looks right up my fucking alley. It kind of it it looks kind of like he's doing a uh, modern day African American version of Skinwalker Ranch. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, and I'm we'll, down. We'll have to do we'll have to do a like movie episode where we just kind of like talk about like movies that deal with these topics. And, oh yeah, because yeah. we gotta talk about Fire in the Sky. Fuck, dude. That uh, fucking abduction still, scene. Still bothers me, dude. Still it's bothers completely me. completely inaccurate to what actually happened, but uh, fuck, is it terrifying. Mm. Yeah. Okay, well, that's about it for this week. Um, again, thanks, everyone, for listening, and uh, keep spreading the word. Uh, we will have an ad uh, at the beginning of each episode, as long as we have people uh, wanting to advertise. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are interested in advertising, mm-hmm. make sure you hit up the Supernatural Selection uh, Twitter account at SupernatPod. Indeed. And yep. uh, if you would like to support the show, we do, in fact, have a... Uh, what have we got? Fuck. Patreon. My brains. We have a Patreon. Thank you. <laughs> so we have a Patreon, and you can find it at patreon.com slash selection. And you can find links to all the important stuff, including our Discord, our Patreon, and uh, everything else at supernatpod.rocks. So uh, we'll be back. Well, some of us will be back next week for an yes. episode. Some some of us will be 
off doing fun things, the bastard. Yeah. Literally, the bastard will be off uh, at the Bullet Distillery for a bourbon picking trip. And we're also going to Heaven Hill. And I promise, Mike. Wait a minute. You'll be back before we record another episode. Yeah, but I'll be exhausted. Uh, true, I guess. Well, I'll, I'll be talking about the Easter Bunny on that one. So you'll oh, just, yeah? it'll be like story time for children. Okay. Well, if I can make it, I'll make it. If I can't, you guys, you can still read, like, Bigfoot Erotica to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I have the episode all planned out, so oh, it's not going to be Bigfoot sh- Erotica. Oh, man. I, I think I want you here for that. I think I want you here for <laughs> You that. want me here for the... Oh, thank you so much, David. You, you, I want to see if I awaken something. Uh, I was going to say, well, you want him here for his erection? Yeah. <laughs> wow, these stories are messed up, David. Grab my stick shift. Where where where's the source on this? I need it for research purposes. I, yeah, uh, you know, I I need to find out who to be pissed off at. Yeah, that's the ticket. All right, all right. Well, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Again, head to supernatpod.rocks for links to our everything, and we will see you next week. So until then, stay safe and stay frosty. A goodbye. Wait, did y'all leave already? Shit, I'll be right there. I'm dancing! Be sure to put on your dancing shoes. Keep dancing! That's a great way to go out. Aw, oh, man, I realized I didn't reference Jamiroquai even once. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>